0: Back live with the WMAY Morning News Feed and in studio, we're joined by Alderman Joe McMiniman, Ward 7. Thanks for taking time with us, Alderman. Good to see you back in studio. Good to see you, Greg, on this Monday, August 2nd. Absolutely. So a lot to get to, and I'm going to have you here for two segments, so I appreciate you taking the time. Of course. Lot to lot to jump into. Uh, I guess let's just go right to it. Uh, the the contract negotiations. A little bit of uh, an interruption at the uh, last uh, committee of the whole meeting uh, seemed to throw some people off guard a bit. Was not on topic at all. I think the ordinance that was being discussed was something about uh, purchasing defibrillators. And then all of a sudden, uh, at least listen to the audio. It sounded like chaos erupted inside the uh, the, the council chambers. What happened?
1: Yeah, there was. It did get unruly there. Uh, but I don't fault the city employees. I don't fault the uh, me city employees. I don't fault those city employees that uh, work at the water di- division of our utility or the public works AFsme. Uh, workers or the clerical workers that were there, I really fault Gene Mitchell because he knows better. He's been to city council. Uh, generally speaking, I thought our city employees uh, be ha- uh, acted in a fairly reasonable manner, and uh, they had a picket set up set up outside on Monroe Street, and I stopped and talked with uh, oh, a group of about 10 of our city employees, and I learned some—I I gained some information. It was a good exchange. And then Gene Mitchell came up and kind of dominated the conversation. I wish I had just talked with our city employees because I was able to explain how things looked from my point of view as an alderman. I didn't have any idea what was going on with the uh, contract negotiations. Uh, we've got about 20 different contracts, and some of them expire. They get behind for one reason or another. That's happened f- frequently with police and fire. Um, so I thought it was a good exchange. Um, but uh, what happens inside the council, that was a different in the chambers. You know, We were about 15 minutes into the meeting talking about ordinances, and— uh, uh, our our uh, ASME uh, union employees came in, I thought, quietly. They were carrying signs. I think uh, they lined up in a standing position in front of the uh, horseshoe, which blocked the view of those that came timely and were seated in the chambers. And I thought that was okay. That was not the most— Courteous thing to do, but they didn't know better. And I would fault again Gene Mitchell for explaining that. Well, we got to take your seats. You can't block the view of others that are already seated there. And and I didn't. uh, I thought, well, there, you know, it's just the situation. And then they started leaving. But then Gene Mitchell, he got up at the podium, and the way I remember it, he pounded his fist and yelled into the microphone and that was extraordinarily disrupting and it was unruly and it fit the definition of disorderly conduct so i thought uh, and maybe the word arrest wasn't, wouldn't be appropriate, you know, you can have a citation to appear for a, a, a Class C misdemeanor, misdemeanor, which is a maximum $1,500 uh, fine. And I think that would be appropriate for uh, uh, Gene, Gene Mitchell. And he's got to learn. He knows—he's been to the Council. He knows that there's a segment called, you know, citizen request to, to present their ideas to the Council. It takes place at a certain period of time. We have routinely our uh, constituents that will sit there for two hours waiting their turn easily and they don't barge in you know
0: and just talk whenever they want to talk well and i've even seen instances as well of uh, individuals who do want to address making a request can i address the council up front instead of having to wait two or three hours depending on what the subject matter is um, but that didn't happen. Uh, it, w- it was an interruption of the, of the proceedings.
1: That's correct. And there's also this idea you don't negotiate in public. And I, I, th- I thought this was kind of a negotiation in public. And so, you know, we, we uh, as aldermen, once the negotiations start, we're, we're supposed to stay quiet. You have one representative that talks on your behalf. I, I think their first sit-down is um, this week. You know, we all respect our public. Uh, Works employees and uh, the Water Division employees, they did work through the pandemic, but lots of folks worked through the pandemic, whether you go to the grocery store or to the hospital. and so, we all paid a price. Uh, it wasn't exclusive to one group or another. And, you know, as a 30-year veteran, I know what it's like to go off, you know, for uh, a year and miss your son's high school graduation and be away from your family. And, uh, you know, you pay a price in any profession, any occupation, any type of work that you have. So, uh, that's kind of it in a nutshell. With,
0: well, and, with and, uh, and I do I do plan on reaching out to, to Gene Mitchell to, to get his response. Um, and I think that's important in all of this. But... In the conversations that you've had, uh, not necessarily with with Mr. Mitchell, but with, with some of the, uh, the city employees, and I, I get that you don't want to necessarily debate this in public, but they, they kind of forced the issue <laughs> to make it a public issue by, uh, by uh, disrupting the, the council meeting. But what are some of the big sticking points? We heard uh, the audio of them saying, we want our money, we pay taxes too, we worked, we worked, we want our money. Is it an economic issue or are they worried about uh, safety concerns? What, what are some of the chief things you've heard about?
1: Okay, I think what I can safely say is I'm glad you were staying on the topic, uh, and I'm going to mention uh, several. First of all, I, I believe, and I think uh, our city attorney mentioned this in public session, so I'll, I'll mention it also. I believe that uh, we've got three different um, contracts up for review and roughly 300 changes were requested, about a hundred changes per contract. So that takes quite a significant amount of time to get through by itself. On the economic issue here, and here's where I'd like to, this is where we did discuss this out on the street with the pickets. And uh, basically what we have here, Greg is, and the public I think will understand this. When we first went into COVID over a year ago, things looked horrible yeah. from a fiscal point of view. In other words, the taxes weren't not coming in. and we were thinking uh, layoffs, furloughs, all kinds of issues. And the union contracts that came up at that time, we're talking you know 15 months ago, they got zero in year one they got a zero increase, zero cost of living increase, because inflation was actually negative for uh, a while there. So, now, we've got these later contracts that are coming up for renewal, and we try to keep the union contracts comparable with one another. We don't want to favor one contract and disfavor another contract. So, we're trying to be fair about it. It's kind of ironic, because they're saying they want a fair contract. Well, we're trying to be fair to all our city employees. So, now, the inflation is has risen. And uh, we've got more money in the bank because revenues came back, and the federal government is helping the public sector, just like they helped the private sector in big ways six years ago. So now we've got more money, and uh, so me wants to see some of that money. I understand that. And so we're trying to think through, well, how do we... Um, handle those earlier contracts, uh, and we we don't want to overgive to public works. Now, generally speaking, and the water division and the clerical workers, generally speaking, uh, our city employees are very well paid. Uh, I think for these uh, AFSCME workers, we're talking about Salaries of in the 40s to up in the 80s, forty thousand to eighty thousand dollars a year, but with benefits. Yep. You know, each one of those positions gets seventeen thousand dollars worth of health insurance. They get uh, uh, thirteen paid holidays per year. And I think we're now up to 14 with Juneteenth. That was a free freebie without negotiation. That was not bargain for benefit uh, recently. And it was me that really pushed this. They wanted the parental leave, four weeks of paid leave. Bear in mind that 80% of our employees are male. So that's 80% of male employees will get four weeks off if their wife or their significant other has a child. So we've been very generous, I think. And uh, I'm just surprised uh, the aggressiveness of the the response by Gene Mitchell. And I want to really address something real important here, Greg. It was TV 20 that had a false headline on Wednesday, on their um, website, TV20 said, McMinnon wants to arrest uh, the protesters, with a plural. And if you you watch the video, I say he should be arrested. And uh, a citation to appear would be a better way to say it, uh, to face a misdemeanor charge. I didn't talk about the whole group. I talked about a non-city employee, Gene Mitchell, who was the problem. But uh, TV20, they didn't, they didn't correct the headline. And I'm very upset with TV20 now, because I contacted the reporter that day and said, would you please correct the headline and the, the uh, script of the story? And then they do uh, did a follow-on story on Friday saying that AFSCME wants McMinniman to apologize because he wants all of their AFSCME imp- workers arrested. And so that was just a, a false story, a false. Um, uh, headline, and it. it uh, I don't want to be in trouble with our city employees. Who would want to be? I'm a city employee at him, uh, myself, so. Uh, yeah, you, maybe you got some thoughts about all that. Greg? Well, it,
0: well, it just that. Yeah, I mean, I think when uh, it comes to uh, quoting somebody accurately, uh, media definitely does need to do a better job at that, and to uh, respond accordingly if if the source says, "Well, you, you mischaracterized what I'm saying and, and whatnot." Um, but that aside, this is going to be an ongoing issue because it's not just these few contracts. Like you said, there are 20 different contracts, and uh, there's so many other intricate issues involved, uh, not just uh, you know personality conflicts that. Might arise, but it's the economic realities that there are. Uh, and one thing that you've talked about that I'm sure we're going to hear more about, not necessarily in these two segments I've got you in, we do have to take a break coming up, but uh, the, the pension issue. You know, how do we tackle that issue moving forward when it comes to the generous pay and benefits they get up front versus what they get on the back end after employment uh, with the, the post employment benefits? So that's going to be an ongoing conversation. I think something that we definitely need to have. Alderman Joe McMinniman here with us. Um, we'll get to a couple of other issues coming up, including something you raised that I wasn't even thinking about off air, uh, and that's redistricting Springfield uh, and making sure that the the wards uh, reflect the latest census data. So uh, when are we going to see that happen? We'll delve into that in one more segment with Alderman Joe McMiniman here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Back with the WMAY Morning News Feed, live in studio with Alderman Joe McMiniman. I'm Greg Bishop. Alderman, thanks again for taking time with us live in studio. Uh, let's do it again soon. I hope so, Greg. Okay. It's always, I,
1: good interview is always, Greg. Good I to appreciate hear. it. Good to hear.
0: Well, uh, one thing that you brought up that uh, I didn't even think about, uh, of course, I've been watching what happens at the state house when it comes to redistricting state legislative seats. I know Chicago's been dealing with uh, trying to redistrict their area, but uh, Springfield, that's in your census, means you've got to have new wards. So where are we at in that process?
1: I, I'd like to talk about that because I think we're going to have a very – exciting and uh, stimulating election season at the local level in the spring. Uh, we're in 21, so this will be the spring of 23, but it'll start up next summer in the summer of 22 when petitions can go around. But I want to say one last thing about the uh, the, uh AFSME Uh, and our city workers. I'm going to show up on the street, on Monroe Street, early Tuesday night, uh, which is tomorrow night, and I'd like to discuss any issues with our uh, workers, uh, public works, water, and our clerical. And I want you to know that if if you're listening that, you know, I was trained as a truck driver in the Army. I enlisted at age 27 and went off to Fort Dix and learned how to drive the big trucks, and that was my job for I was enlisted seven years, and uh, convoys down to Texas, up to Michigan, Wisconsin, all over, and now, when you're driving a diesel uh, vehicle, no air conditioning, and you got that heat coming up at you, you know, uh, I, I know what you're dealing with out there, and I hope you respect me, and I respect you. So I just want to touch on that.
0: And one. it should be good weather. Uh, tomorrow we're looking at uh, high near 78, so uh, it looks like it'll be sunny sky. So you're going you're gonna to listen to some of the, uh, the, the public employees there before yeah, the council meeting. If I have to patch fins with anybody, I'd, I'd like to do so on Monroe Street,
1: uh, right at, uh, at Muni West. Uh, getting back to the, the redistricting. Local- Redistricting. Redistricting. You know, that can be seats. That can be as exciting at the city level <laughs> as it is at the state level and the, and the federal level. We don't yeah. have the, the congressional districts remapped yet either. No, we don't. Because uh, census data
0: is not fully out yet. Not fully out yet. And that's supposed to come out, I think, sometime either later this month or next month. And then that's going to kick in probably a redistricting of state legislative seats, let alone actually putting out the congressional maps. So is that information going to be um, what you guys ultimately use to redistrict Springfield wards? Greg, you're the
1: first, uh, media person I've talked with about this, and I haven't talked with any alderman about it. I haven't talked about it with the mayor. I know what happened 10, uh, you know, roughly by now, uh, yeah, roughly 10 years ago when we last redrew drew the maps. I think Mayor Houston got with the uh, the county clerk's office, Joe Elio at the time, and they drew, redrew the maps. And the, after the maps get redrawn and you try to, ach- I mean, we're also under the federal consent decree yep. still, so yep. they have to uh, make sure the federal court decision is honored, uh, particularly in wards 2 and 3, and there's some, you know, uh, it's not completely, it's, there's some gray matter there. You know, it's not a precise formula how you yeah. uh, incorporate minority population into the districts. But yeah, it's gonna be exciting because it's gonna be lots of races, Greg, at the, let's go around the uh, Ward 1. I think Redpath will either go again or maybe go for mayor. Uh, in Ward 2, you've got uh, Sean Gregory uh, he had a very close race. Yep. In Ward 2, you can win with 500 votes. I mean, anyone has a shot there. And he's young and fresh, and we'll see if somebody else wants to take him on. In 3, you've got Roy Williams. He was appointed. Yep. Uh, so maybe someone thinks that uh, they want to – I think Roy's doing a good job, by the way. I, I
0: get along very well with Roy. Yeah, we've had, with we've had him on the show, and he's yeah. he's plugged in. He hears from his constituents, yeah. and he's he's bringing up what his constituents' uh, concerns are. They are uh, very
1: very mature understanding of things. And then in Ward 4, you've got uh, John Fulgenzi. He's got health issues. You know, can he go again? I don't know. I mean, he, he he doesn't drive a vehicle. His hearing's not the best. And so you could, maybe he'll say, I've had, uh,
0: you know, a good run. I will say he's been keeping the uh, committee of the whole meetings on time. Uh, he, he definitely he runs that train. He, you know, <laughs> he doesn't say a lot, but when he says something,
1: it's meaningful. Like at, yeah. at the end of that uh, that disturbance uh, last Tuesday, he said, that's not the best way to get your point across. And, you know, okay, that was very, very well said. In Ward 5, you've got Proctor. I mean, he's had a difficult... Um uh, personal situation the last uh, year, and
0: uh, we'll is see. he not term? Is this his he's second not term? term? Yeah, he's okay. not
1: term li- limited. Uh, like I'm the only one that's term limited on the council wow. right now. So yeah, he's not term limited. Uh, he's had a change in jobs, and I'm not sure if he's up for it. And uh, and then in ward six, it, uh, Kristen, she's told people she doesn't want to go again. At, at, for alderman for alderwoman, I mean. Then you got, I'm term limited, I'm seven. Then you got Aaron Connolly, she said she's going to go again. In Ward 9, you got Donlin. Uh, in the past, people thought he'd run for mayor. Um, I think he's got a big campaign account. I think he's kind of backing off some of that point of view. Then you got Hanauer, and Hanauer, he's in again, but again, I would say, Greg, uh, you got three on the horseshoe that are thinking about running for mayor. You got um. Redpath, And you got, uh, and then on the horseshoe, of course, you got Langfelder, and then you got uh, Hanauer, and I think Donald will back off. Then you got Mahoney out there. I think the Republicans, well, they're saying, and they got Mike Murphy. Uh, So I think you got three Republicans. I think they'll all go, possibly. And kind of a cooperative, they all go, and the top voter, then they all get behind in the primary. They want a primary. So you need five to get the primary. So I think they'll try to get a primary because they think then on a one on one, anyone can potentially, with the right issues, the right stories, the right timing, you got a better chance. Sorry for kind of talking a lot about that, but then you get to the redistricting. And that can, it doesn't affect the mayor's race, but it affects the automatic race big time, where which neighborhoods become which which
0: uh, become part of the ward and even though it's a it's a nonpartisan council the realities are that there are partisans on the council. So you got to think about the alliances that could be generated and whether you're going to have certain votes for certain things and, and, and have those all kind of gather together to be there as a block or not. And So yeah, the next uh, few months here are going to be fascinating when it comes to seeing how you guys go about redistricting. Are you going to be holding hearings, do you anticipate? Do you think that uh, you're going to be getting public input, or is it more going to be it, just taking the numbers and and then putting the map together to make sure uh, it, it is in line with the, the consent decree
1: Greg The last time we did it it was all done You know people looking at the numbers and trying to make sure we get about 11,000 uh, in each ward and then the uh, The proposed map comes to the City Council and then we have public hearings and we have debate and There were some minor changes made, but overall I think uh, it was an an acceptable map. In my own case, I know there. So Joe Elio was highly partisan. I think Don Gray, now the the county clerk, is less partisan. But it sure seemed to me like they thought that they were gonna um, hurt. I'm the only, I would say, truly nonpartisan alderman because I take no money, contributions, endorsements from the political parties. I kind of I'm a I do it by myself, and that's on purpose. Uh, And And also, you don't
0: take money from the unions.
1: uh, Yeah, I don't take money from any entities that bring ordinances to the City Council. And I'd like to have some other aldermen like that on the council. And by the way, if you're listening and you're thinking of running, contact me. And if you wanted to have that point of view, there's an organization called Springfield Watchdog Group, and they'll put up to $5,000 into any uh, candidate's campaign fund that wants to run on that basis. Uh, You know, put the general interest ahead of the special interest. So you don't take money from the developers, the contractors, et cetera. out there, I hope now and uh, call me uh, my uh, call seven eight seven five seven eight seven two two nine seven seven eight seven two two nine seven. If you're thinking about running for alderman, and you want some help and you want some organizational ideas. So, so we're kind of getting off topic now redistricting, but um, this is all kind well, of well. We're gonna have
0: to we're gonna have to talk more about this in the future because we're plumb out of time and I've okay. got uh, several other guests lined up this hour. So alderman Joe McMinniman greatly appreciate him coming in. Uh, always a good time, and uh, we'll talk about redistricting in the future. We'll talk about pensions in the future. Uh, we'll also have to talk about infrastructure uh, spending and uh, federal funds as well, uh, Alderman. Thank you so much for taking please time invite with us. me
1: back, Greg. No one knows City Council like you do. <laughs> uh, continually, I hear people say, "I heard it on City Council Roundup." Yep. You know, they they that's their show. They want to they want to stay informed, and they do stay informed with the Council Roundup
0: every Wednesday, right here on WDMAY. The Council Roundup. Actually, the Council meeting is this week postponed, Good point. right? So show so, up, yeah, on,
1: yeah, uh, Wednesday night. Uh, you know, ask me workers. Um, so, yeah, it's Wednesday night, it's, it's, not Tuesday it's, night. Yeah, it's not tomorrow night. Okay,
0: so Wednesday night, actually, it's, it's still nice. Sunny skies with a high of 80.